I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hey everyone, I have a new podcaster on the network. His name is Paul David and the show is The Paul David Effect. And um, I will be a listener of this show and I also am going to work really hard to help this man uh, do what he does over webcam, do it over webcasting because he's got a unique well, it's not unique because a lot of people use it, but it's unique and that his actually works. So without further ado, we'll find out who he is and what his podcast is all about right now. Paul, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Kristen. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So you've got an interesting story and we've been talking about it a little bit before I hit record. We weren't supposed to do a show today. And then I said, okay, wait a minute, stop we need to, I need to record this. <laughs> so tell our listeners <laughs> yeah. what it is that you do and what you're going to be talking about. And then we'll take it from there. Cause I definitely want them to know who you are, where you came from all that. So what do you do and what are you going to talk about on your show? The Paul David effect? Well, I'm a, I'm a personal trainer and slash motivational speaker guy slash nutritionist. I have my own small studio in uh, Michigan and I train people one-on-one and I like training people one-on-one because I like to go in depth and talk to them about the real problem, why they're not reaching their goals. And that could be losing weight or staying consistent or looking good in clothes or getting ready for a wedding or a vacation or whatever. And I didn't want to work for a gym because I feel like getting your body ready uh, or, or even being fit or getting to a level where you want to be fit or reach a goal is all comes from mental toughness. It has nothing to do with your body. It has nothing to do. You, your brain will tell your body what to do. If you're not mentally there and you're not mentally tough, it's very difficult to reach your goals. And that's why I wanted to open up my own small studio to talk to people one-on-one. I train people one-on-one. And I talk to people one-on-one because I want to know and reach the problem that they're hitting and why they're not reaching their goal. That's kind of my background. Um, I, I started doing this about 10 years ago. I, you know, I've been doing martial arts and I've been active playing soccer and all that stuff and for a long time. And you have a degree in engineering, right? Yes. Yes. I have a, I have a degree in engineering and a computer engineering. And I worked in the, in, you know, in corporate for four or five years and, I wasn't happy. Um, I was doing good and making money and everything, but I wasn't happy. Uh, apparently, I wasn't fulfilling something in my life. So I always knew that I'm good at this and good at talking to people, especially what my background is and where I come from and what's happened to me. And um, I decided to do this. So I started doing this. I used to live in Arizona. I, used to do, I started doing this in Arizona for about a year. And I just loved it so much. When I moved back to Michigan, I continued doing it. I had a job lined up. My buddy had a job lined up for me as in an engineering firm and I decided not to go for that and just do this. So I've been doing that since then. It's just an evolved 
into everything else, like helping people cook and teaching them about food and how important food it is, not only for your body and how it affects your mind and your mood and everything else and how everything is linked. Everything is linked. Yeah, mentally and physically is linked. You have to have that um, connection. If you don't accept that connection, you won't get there. Right. So Paul, I mean, there's a, there are a lot of people out there that say they're, you know, into fitness and, you know, they'll help you with this, that, and the other. And I have my own thing around that with, um, you know, when it comes to the mental health world and we'll get into that, but I love the fact that you wanted your show to be on a mental health network, but I'd like my listeners to know and your listeners to know why that piece was important to you. Uh, honestly, uh, since I've been in this industry and I've been training people, I've been spending time with people one-on-one where we really talk about what the problem is, why they're not reaching their goal. Everything is linked to what their mental status is. This is kind of, I, I don't like saying this, but when my clients come in, I convince them that they're addicts because it has an addiction linked to mental addiction to food. So if you don't accept that fact, and it all starts with that, if you don't accept that fact and trying to fix it, you're never going to get there. So that's what, I mean, it evolved into this, you know, originally I was training people, telling people what to eat. I started realizing this is not, this is not what this is. It's, it's a mental issue. It's mm-hmm. mental toughness. It's, it's discipline is, is also what foods you're eating that's affecting your brain and affecting you mentally, how to not to stay focused and everything else. For example, you know, my philosophy is don't eat sugar at all because everything that I've read about sugar and read books about sugar, it has the same effect as cocaine on your brain. Mm. So if you do that, even if you think you're doing in moderation, you can't control it anymore because now you're an addict with that. Without you knowing, you're, you've, you've created an addiction and your brain is the most powerful muscle in your body. So if you're getting your brain, the most powerful muscle in your body, addicted to something which is bad for you, it's just going to drizzle down to your body. It's just going to affect the rest of your life, affect your body on not getting there, affect your sleep, affect your communication with your family members, affect everything. I think everything is connected and it's all connected with what you feed your brain and how you are mentally. What's your mental status? How are you mentally? I want to get into more of that, but first, because I I know my own journey with depression and trauma and all that. And I certainly know many, many of my listeners that have emailed and so on. So there's a reason why I want to go into this piece next, and then we'll follow up with my questions. I'd really like you to talk about how you grew up, where you're coming from when you talk about this. You know, I want the listeners to know what your life experience has been so that they don't just go, oh, whatever. Another person's saying I need to be mentally tough. I'm depressed, whatever. I think if they know who you are and what you've been through, they'll go like just, I just did. Whoa. Okay. So please, um, please share with us about you. I'm going to try to compress my story into a small version. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> I, I was born in Baghdad, Iraq. Um, we, we had a good life in Iraq. Well, my family did. Was, we had a, my family was a successful family. My, my grandfather had businesses and we were doing well and doing good. And um, we had money and everything. And uh, as you know, or people know about Iraq or the Middle East, there's, there was wars. So I lived through the Iran-Iraq war when I was a kid. My father was in the military for 14 years. It's just a different kind of living when you live in a place like that. So I remember the first time I realized that I didn't live in a normal place was there was a military base close to our house, maybe a mile away, and a missile hit a bridge on that, in that military base, a bridge that was going across. And... I remember the sound of that and seeing it from far away and realizing I must've been like six years old, realizing that I live in a different place. And when you live in a place like that, 
uh, most people that live in a place like that, they, they, they become, they adapt. They start adapting to where they live. So for other people and outsiders, if they see that, it's extreme. But for them, this is how they live, you know? So I lived, a, you know, even things like that happen here and there, but I lived a normal life. I went to school. I was smart. I was ahead of my class two years ahead. I had friends and everything was normal, but there was a uh, Gulf War that happened and I was there doing the Gulf War, which is the first televised war. Right. And I was there. I was there in Baghdad. I was, ten, I was nine years old and mm. I, there was bombings every day for four months. So that, that was the shock that happened in my mind. So it, you know, it created a lot of problems for me and I, I don't know why, but Maybe it was just me or I don't know why, but I started dealing with it differently. So I would stay quiet. I would keep everything inside. I, was, I would try to deal with it and have internal conversations with myself to get through it. And I, I even didn't cry like ever since like I was seven years old. My parents tell me all the time that they were worried about me because I would never cry for a long time, for about, about 15 years. So I kept everything inside, but somehow I was able to create this formula to move on and continue. So when there was time to play, I played and I was happy, but I still had this thing inside. And when I, you know, during the Gulf War, it was, it was very hard. And I saw a lot of things that a kid or a child shouldn't see. Right. And it just, I, I felt like, I felt like life Life gave me this and calcified my brain, you know, so hmm. it just it just happened to be that it's 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 in this tragedy form but in, but what I'm trying to say is gave me mental toughness more than anyone that I know as a kid, and that just developed more and more and more and more, and that's why honestly, I was able to do whatever I, I can do i can I moved to seven countries, lived as a refugee for four years, I learned three languages. When I came to the United States, I was 13 years old. They threw me in seventh grade. I did not have to know how to speak one English word, nothing. Mm -hmm. English was my first language. And Your fourth I remember language. fourth language. Sorry, right. you're right. Okay. Fourth language. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, I remember and I had other friends that they were there and they were foreigners and they came a similar time. They took different paths. You know, they quit school. They, they worked in a gas station or they did this and that and they I don't know you know they they went to jail I don't know they because it's it's too hard it's very difficult you know and I remember me opening up a dictionary that translated Greek to English so I can read this questionnaire that the teacher gave me to understand what the question says and then try to answer it so if someone that knew how to speak English or was here was born here would take them five minutes to do this. It would take me an hour and a half to do it. Right. I remember still doing it. And not because, I mean, my parents uh, pushed education on me a lot, but since I was a kid, I did my own thing all the time. So they weren't on top of me all the time with that. I just did it because I created this thing in my mind that there is no option. I don't give myself options. I just say, I have to do it. It didn't work. I have to do this. It didn't work. I have to do this. I don't give myself an option to veer away and move to the other aisle. I, that's why I'm able to even fail, which makes me just stronger when you fail, but never quit. Mm. That's the thing. Never quit. That's, that's the main thing that people need to understand is that they confuse quitting with failing. It's okay to fail. It's okay to move from one place to another, from one job to another, uh, different careers. That's not the point. The point is not to quit. When you quit and quit your life, you quit everything in your life. Everything, including the way you look, your family, your whatever, your relationship with your friends, everything. Everything suffers. And people decide to quit sometimes because life is hard. Right. And I'm so used to having life being hard, that when life is easy, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm really comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm really comfortable with it. I like to put myself in uncomfortable situations because it makes me feel good. Mm. That's how my brain works. And, that, and that's the thing. That's why I tell people all the time, like, 
I know you're not comfortable doing this, but just get uncomfortable. For example, all my videos on Instagram or YouTube is me wearing sweatpants, two shirts, and a hoodie. And I do Stairmaster that way in July, all year. Oh, yeah. And people say, are you doing that to sweat? No, I don't do it to sweat. I do it because I'm in the zone. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel warm. It makes me feel uncomfortable, like I'm alive. I don't, want, I don't want air conditioning on me. I don't want air on me. I want to be in that uncomfortable part where it's going to make me sharper. You know what I mean? Yep. It looks, it sounds like, you know, all the interviews I've done with neuroscientists and other doctors about um, creating neural pathways that, you know, you, you happen to create some as a kid that really, you know, were about being very resilient and keep keeping you able to just yes. stay on those tracks. Or if you veer off track, get right back on. And I, I was thinking about today, I was doing a meditation and the person I was listening to, Dr. Joe Dispenza, he's amazing. Um, he was talking about how we, when we get in a habit or we get in a routine, we, and I don't mean, you know, a really good routine, but our, our brain gets bored. We go into sort of autopilot mode and we can get in a routine yes. of not being very healthy, not living very healthy, especially if we're depressed or we're still dealing with unresolved trauma, that kind of thing. And it made me realize, oh my gosh, I moved a lot. Like I moved 22 houses and in multiple different states in a couple countries over the course of 22 years. I did that without realizing that that was good for me, that that was me trying to help me jump a track. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. And, and that's it, what, what's surprising. It's not surprising, but what we don't realize is most people are dealing with the same thing. Yeah. But they just don't know it. They just don't know it until we talk about it. Um, people, my clients tell me all the time, well, you know, I wish I can be like you. Well, I'm not like you. I don't, I don't sit here and explain to them what's happened to me. I just say, how you have problems, I have problems too. I know you're looking at me and you're saying how disciplined I am, how perfect I, I look good. I do the same thing. I never fall off the train. But I have thoughts of falling off the train all the time, every day, every minute. <laughs> I, have to, I have to convince myself that that's not an option. Um, in my opinion, a lot of options sometimes is dangerous, very dangerous. That's so, true. That's because, true. Uh, yeah, so even uh, growing up in other countries, when we went to a market, we bought food just for that day, for maybe maybe two days. We cook it, we eat it, and that's it. Uh, when I when I came here and I went to a supermarket, and just looking at the option of foods, how could a normal human being not eat all that food and right. not fall off the train? Of course, there's impossible. I mean, there's not only so many options, but it's available 24 hours. I can go and eat a Twinkie at 3 a.m. at Walmart. Like that's, that's so crazy. What, so what you're saying is my also only getting what I need to eat each day is actually me doing something that's good for the way I live. Yes. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Because I literally do not okay. keep stuff it, in my house. Because if I did, I would... I would overeat it. I would eat it. So I just only get what I need to eat yes. for that day. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's, that would be the best option. I know a lot of people don't have that option because right. they live in cities and it's hard to drive. You got to go far. You have kids, you have a lot of things to do. So what there, there is an alternative to that there. You could buy in bulk, but clean and meal right. prep. That's what I do. So what you, what you need to stay away from is the maze. The maze are the aisles inside in the middle of the store. Right. That's why they create it in the middle of the store because it's a maze. It's a rat maze. You go from one aisle to another without, even though you're not looking for a specific thing, you're just going from one aisle to another for you to pick up random things. If you stay outside of the store, the outside ring of the store, it's all the fresh stuff. Right. And all the bad stuff are in the middle to keep you in that maze. So yeah. even think, even thinking about it like that in technical terms, what, how, how the industry and the supermarkets and the foods, what they do to trick you to do that. 
And all they need to do is introduce cocaine to your brain real quick. Because right. every single food that's packaged has sugar in it. If it's fake or if it's real, it has sugar in it. And sugar will, will not only destroy your brain, but destroy your body. It will deteriorate your body. Um, it, new studies are finding sugar being linked directly to growing cancer in your body, directly to growing cancer in your body. So um, again, sugar, I'm talking about sugar that's in processed food and food that is packaged. Stay on fresh stuff. Go buy fruit and eat fruit. It has good sugar in it. Buy raw honey. Eat that. It has sugar in it. These are the steps that people need to make that to get to where they need to get and to live that lifestyle. Because when people start thinking about, most people are thinking very, very short-term goals when it comes to this. I got to get ready for a wedding. I got to get ready for a vacation. That's the wrong way to think about it. You can't do that. You have to make it a lifestyle. I always say to people, look good naked all year, <laughs> all year. You can't, if you think that way, or look, look good in your clothes, feel good in your clothes, sleep good all year, not periods of the year, not for the summer because you're going to the beach. That's the kind of small, about, yeah, small, that's short term. Yeah. What about people yep. who, you know, they've really, they've had whatever their, you know, their issues are, but they have really, uh, they're beyond the, oh, what the hell am I talking? I'm talking about myself here. What if you're approaching 50? And you've gone up and down with yes. your weight your whole, you know, well, since my 30s. And you are never going to get the body that would you'd feel comfortable in a bathing suit in. It's just not going to happen yes. without plastic surgery. How do you help someone yes. get motivated? Because I have a hard time with, you know what, I'm not, you know, I, I tell myself I don't care, which is very demotivating. Yes. So what, how, yes. you know, I'm not out yes. to, you know, have a bikini body for God's sakes, never going to happen right. in a million. I didn't even yeah. want to wear a bikini right. when I did have a bikini body. You wouldn't have caught me, you know, in one, but <laughs> what do you say to, right. you know, cause a lot of your clients are women. What do you say to, you know, someone who, yeah, you're just, they're, they're not going to have that kind of a, you know, a body, but, but you, they still need that motivation. Yes. Well, and when people come in, let's say uh, a woman comes in that's 50, 55 and overweight. She's never worked out in her life or she's been up and down. And she's at the point, like you said, can't get the body that she's looking at somebody else or whatever. This is what I tell my clients is don't look at me. You're never going to look like me. You're never going to look like me. I tell people this all the time. Because you're trying to create a version of yourself, create a better version of yourself. That's all you can do. That's all I can do. I can't look at Arnold and say, I want to be like him. He's 6'2". I'm 5'5". Five five. It's not going to work out. <laughs> I'm going to look. That doesn't mean I'm not going to look good. I'm still going to look good. I'm creating a better version of me. So even if you're older, overweight, and it's hard, you have to get on the train of this is helping you not only physically, but mentally, right. because it's not too late. 50 is not too late. In other countries, people, 50 is half, people live until 90. Right. Back home, it's normal to die when you're 95 and 97 and 100. Hmm. It, we've just made 50, we've made 50 old because of the process that we went through life and we've destroyed our bodies. I mean, back home in other countries, People walk all the time. Right. People are active. They take care of grandchildren. They have a garden. They do things. So I'm not saying everyone's fit, but everyone's comfortable with the way they look because mm -hmm. they're active and they're eating good and they're eating all the food is not processed. It's no pesticides. There's no antibiotics. It's nothing like that. So it's just hard because we live here and there's access to it. And no one is helping us or telling us not to do it because the industry is based on making money. Right. That's it. No one's looking out for us. So if you're not looking out for yourself, no one's going to look out for you. But it's not too late. You can still wear a one-piece bathing suit and go to the beach and, and feel good. Yeah, you can. Of course you can. You're not going to look like a model because why are you looking at other models? Just create a better version of yourself. That's yeah, they, all they don't is. really look like that good. either. <laughs> 
Yes, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't care about wearing a bathing suit, but just that feeling, it's for me, it's that feeling of uh, just, you just feel stronger. And so you carry yourself better and you feel yes. more attractive, not, I'm not looking for, you know, people looking at me and thinking I'm attractive because I don't care about that. But I, I feel more attractive for myself when I'm yes, caring 100%. for myself that way. So how yes, do you, how, yes. how have you dealt with people or, you know, work with people who, yeah, they're really depressed. I mean, they're clinically depressed. And so the, yes. you know, the last thing that they want to do or that they feel that's part of why depression is depression is um is yes get off their rear and exercise which is the number one help for it um or at, at least it's not a cure because yes. i'm never someone that's going to say oh just go take vitamins and work out i want to bitch slap those people that say that but no. but getting no. someone who is in a severe depression to do it will help even if it just helps a little bit but getting them to do it is really difficult yes it it, it is very difficult i have I know people like this in my life. I have clients and I know personal people like this in my life. And it's it, the only way is to try every day. That's yeah. it, to talk about it. That's what I do. I just keep talking to them. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? How'd you eat? It's okay. I know you messed up. It's all mm -hmm. good. Let's just, let's just take it. One, I, I, take, I live my life one hour at a time. For real, I do. That's yeah. what I do. Me too. I, I prep. I prep. I prep, I get ready, but I just live one hour. Hey, we, I did, I did this thing right now. I got to do the stairmaster because I might not make it. I might get hit by a car. I don't know. I got to do the stairmaster. That's my part of my goal today. That's what I'm doing. I just go one step at a time. And that's what I tell those people, you know, and it's hard because they're thinking about other stuff and they're thinking about things that making them depressed, whatever it is in their life. But I always tell them, I'm like, look at this as a tool. Look at this as you're depressed all day and this is a nice jacuzzi you can sit in. Mm. Make it part of your life. It's going to relax you. It's going to relax you mentally and physically. And once you start feeling a little bit better, once those happy endorphins ha come, kick up in your body and in your brain, you're going to start feeling a little bit better. You're going you're gonna to get that. You're going to be addicted to that feeling. And right. you might get on the train and do it for a year and then get depressed again. And that's going to happen. Get yeah, used to it, me. get used yeah. to it and get, and be prepared for it because it happens to everybody it happens to me. I I've lived as a refugee. If people don't think I don't have depression, they're insane. Um, <laughs> of course I had depression. I just have to, I have to deal with it. I ha I've been to psychiatrist. I have to go talk about it. I have to solve the problem sitting there, not doing anything about it or picking this and that it's not going to do anything for you. That's, right. that's what I'm talking about when people just quit. I, I, I hate it when people just quit. It's hard. It's hard. I know it's hard. And some, some people that I know that they have depression to the extreme that, that way, it, I bring my background into it. I don't like to tell people where I come from, what happened to me, but I give them a little bit of synapses of what happened to me. And just a little bit, just maybe they can, they can get a little perspective of what their stuff was, what my stuff was as a kid. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's helped few people that I've talked to. Like, oh man, I, th I really thought I had a problem because I couldn't pay my car payment. Dude, that's not a problem. The problem is not having food to eat or <laughs> sleeping in the street or not having electricity. That's a problem, man. You know, like, yeah, yeah, this is not a problem for you. You know, like even you, you, oh, you're getting a divorce. Okay. That's not a problem. No one's coming to kill you. You know, no one. I know. I no used to say to this. You, I used you know? to say this to a friend of mine. I know you're struggling financially right now, and that is very real. But if you do not pay that bill on time, are you going to die? Well, exactly. no. Yep. Okay. Exactly. So let's because same thing, tra a lot of trauma, it happens in your life and you do get this different perspective of, okay, I have survived so much, you know, so much exactly. stuff that, that, yeah. that I know what's yep. really you know, and, and everybody struggles. I mean, uh, you know, I, I definitely, you yeah. know, I'm in, I've taken three years off to, uh, work on a lot of emotional healing stuff, which is physically exhausting. And I haven't felt strong enough to do anything too physical until recently. And you know what, that's okay. I'm not going to say that's a failure, 
The only thing that was a failure was me making it go on too long, saying, well, I might as well just give up because I'm never going to look even remotely good. Well, who cares? You're right. That's what you got to do. Because you remember when you looked in the mirror and you looked good from last month, this is how we got to keep it and we got to look better. We got to improve and look better and we got to keep that, maintain it. So, so it's hard. It's hard. Of course, even in society, it's very hard. Uh, You know, Oh God. Yeah. It's hard because there's there's social media, there's social life, there's drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Social media. Exactly. Social media, you know, like we got to constantly put out content, social media and and a lot of it is fake and it's lies. So people are, all those people are also unhappy. All those people are also have depression. All those people also struggle, right. even though they look good, they show money, they, they have abs, they do all that stuff. We don't know what their life is, but they just have to put it up because that's what social media is. That's how people make money, you know? So yeah. Life, and, it, and reality um, is it's not about being superficial that if it's a good that you can change it to being okay, this is not about me looking good in the mirror. It's not about what I'm going to look like on the outside. It's about how I'm going to feel on the inside. Because I don't, I don't ever see myself. I don't, yeah, I don't ever see myself again, standing in front of a mirror going, Ooh, you know, like I did when I was in my twenties or whatever. I don't see that as an important thing for me. It's what's important for me is feeling really good feeling stronger feeling like i really took care of myself yes and when you get on that path and that train of thought just like you said it's just feeling better sleeping better right communicating with other people better not being angry if you get on the path of eating clean and working out it will get you to that point of feeling good while that's happening your body is improving also even though you don't care about that, but your body is making changes. Hmm. That, that's, what, that's how well, people don't get to that point to see the results. They don't. Because an average person that starts working out quits after 21 days. Quits. And it could take 25 days to make you feel good. Right. You only needed four more days and you didn't do it because you quit too early. Right. So... That, that's what I tell my clients all the time. Like they tell me, how long until I see this? <laughs> I tell them, I don't know. I don't live with you. I only see you one hour a day. If you want to live with me, I can tell you how long this is going to take. You know, exactly. But we don't, I only see you one hour. I don't know what you're doing when you go home. I don't know what's going on. You know, like right. it all depends on how serious you want to, how, how serious is this to you, this issue? And how focused do you want to be doing this? How, how do you, I mean, you know, podcasting is audio and I know you have YouTube and you've got Instagram and so on. And so you're doing different mediums, but what made you think about wanting to do this as a podcast, just so our listeners know what kind of stuff they're going to hear? I just wanted to start a podcast to talk about everything. Right. And not only my not only my what I do, but everything, everything. I just wanted to, I just wanted to talk about, like, have a friend on or a guest on, and just bullshit and talk yeah. about stuff. But then I wanted to incorporate important things in life. Why not incorporate things that I know that help me, of so other people can benefit from them. So that was the main idea, honestly. Start the podcast. Yeah, I never thought about it like I'm gonna start this podcast, make money because I'm going to incorporate it part of my business. I just wanted to do it yeah, and have fun, something to a relief. Yeah. That's the best reason yeah. to do it. I never, I never started it and I've been doing it for eight years and I will have people and I'm not putting yes. this down, but I will have people that will, you know, do four shows and then go, Oh God, this is a lot of work. How come I'm only getting, yep. you know, 50 listeners, you know, when can we, when can we, um, get me on serious with, with in the lineup with Howard Stern. And I'm like, Oh my Lord. Or when can we get uh, yeah, sponsors for 5,000 a month for a show? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I told you from the beginning, yeah. <laughs> if that's your motivation for doing yeah. a podcast, then you're totally not living in you reality. Know. So what I hear from you is you have figured it out in terms of, you know, make yourself work out, care about the food that you put in your body, do this thing. But, you 
did the procrastination thing about a podcast. I don't procrastinate about a podcast. I've done uh, 3000 yeah. interviews. So we, I'm able to do the same thing you do. It's just a different, like I'm able to do it in the podcast realm. You do it in the fitness realm. So I, I guess what I'm saying is exactly for every listener, we all, yeah. everybody has their thing that they procrastinate about. And just because you yes. all are good at working out in your body, you know, your outward physical appearance shows it. It doesn't mean that you aren't procrastinating in other areas of your life, which makes it easier for people to go, oh, yes. you're a human and you struggle too. <laughs> so maybe they don't feel insecure about going to you for help. 100%. And that's, that's what, that's the conversation with my clients or people around me, family members and everything, you know, because that, because the way I carry myself, the way I speak, the way I look, the things that I put out, people think that I'm perfect. Like people think that, man, I'm like, I wish I was this. And I got in contact with and you're helping me with that. And how that happened, that they need the help in the part of their life to come to me to help them with the physical part. Right. Or the food part. So everyone needs that other strong person to help them in that aspect in their life. Everyone needs that. No one's walking around perfect. No one. So I, I had this conversation with all the people around me all the time. But it's hard for them to understand. But I have clients that run companies and very, they're very successful. They can have access to everything. They just can't get this fitness stick together. Right. That would be they, they've been with me three years. <laughs> they keep falling off. We have, a, we have an intervention. We talk about <laughs> it and we get back on. They call me. They text me. But this is what it takes. And no one's going to get on this train and be there. Paul, what I'd like to cover now for the last part of the show and listeners, I want you to understand that I did this show specifically the way that I did, because I know what it means to be a naysayer. <laughs> and I also know, um, you know, I, you all listen to me. And so we do have some commonality in that. And I thought, well, I don't want to bring someone on that's going to talk about something like exercise to people who have struggled with depression because then we tend to just go to shame. I thought if we, if I guided Paul through what he does and then who he is and the things that he's been through, because that's what made me go, oh, okay, I'm going to get past all my stuff around. I'm just not going to listen to this fitness guy. It made me go, oh, he's been through some hmm. serious shite. He does this for a reason. There is no shame here. I thought maybe that would help you listen to what he has to say like it did for me. So now we're going to talk about all that positive stuff and the ways that we procrastinate and, um, and how Paul motivates us. So Paul, how do you motivate people, especially people like us who are like, I am too depressed to exercise? <laughs> Kristen, honestly, what um, most people feel the same way as people, people think that only they are depressed, but most people feel the same way. I'm a motivating guy and I work out all the time and I eat clean and I'm pretty strict with everything. I had that same problem also, even when I wake up on Monday or mm -hmm. Sunday night or during the week, I have a bad day. I have a bad hour. I think the most important thing is that people need to realize that everyone's going through the same thing. Everyone. If you're fit, even, even the people that are on Instagram and social media, and they appear to be the happiest people in the world, those people are going through the same thing that you're going through. And the more you understand that and accept that fact, the more likely that you can get out of that lane and right. you can stay focused and get help by being part of a community just like I have my own personal training studio for, for a reason for to, ha to have an interaction one-on-one -on -one with my clients so we can talk about this. So I could tell them that, hey, I know you fell off two days ago. You did good for the last 10 days. And then two days ago, something happened. You fell off. Whatever it was, you got depressed, whatever it was. I do the same thing. And I have to snap myself back into it. So I have to talk. What I, I have my own method. I talk to myself, I practice in the mirror, I talk to other people about it. That's why they need to talk to me about it. I need to talk to them about it. We need to talk, all of us, communicate about this thing that everyone has. And I think 
people get stuck in that mindset because they think they're the only one. Right. I think that's the most important part is that people need to realize they're not the only one. Everyone has something. And honestly, what I do is from my experiences and how I grew up is I have this thing in my mind is that if I fail in something or something happened that day, I accept the fact that this is happening to me. I take it and use it as energy and I use it to be positive the next day or the next hour or that night. I don't let it go take over me all day. Mm -hmm. So if I wake up depressed in the morning, I just say, you know what? I already screwed everything up. It's 1 p.m. I was supposed to work out and eat breakfast. I didn't do any of that. I'm not going to let that continue the rest of the day. I'm not going to stay in my pajamas and stay on the couch and then eat ice cream and then do other stuff and then not work. I'm going to start at 1 p.m. and start my day and stay yeah. positive and do whatever I can to, to accomplish whatever I can for that day. I think that's very important. I think that shift too, because I've, I've noticed that with myself. I mean, sometimes there, you know, there have been times with what I'm going through where I needed to sleep more. I needed to rest a lot more than, you know, I do at other times, but remembering that, you know, you can change your mindset, you know, like that about something. So to be able to make a shift immediately, the times when I'm, you know, I just don't want to go anywhere or I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing to where I just don't, I'm, I'm going to stay in and I'm going to overanalyze everything and kind of go in a shame spiral or whatever. If I just get the hell out and even take a walk on my property, I feel better in that moment. And it's just, it's that leap yep. from getting from sitting in mm -hmm. your stuff and getting out. And that, that leap can be as freaking wide as the Grand Canyon, or at least it feels like it. Yes. And that you're right, looking for that excuse of, well, it's already, I've already blown it today, so I'll do it again tomorrow. No, I've already blown it up until this moment. My next moment can be something different. Exactly. And most people say, but they struggle mentally being strong. Um, that doesn't mean they didn't go through hard times and everything, but everything has been made easy for us. So we've created these soft minds and we don't have to work very hard or do anything because everything's coming to us, even food delivery or whatever, right. you know, like, so it's so much easier to just sit there and not do anything and right. watch a show and just binge and then just continue that day. And then, so people, even I, I, my clients, most people in the fitness world, this is what they do. They, they start eating clean. They eat clean for 10 days. And then now it's Wednesday. It's the 10th day. Thursday, they have a party they have to go to. They're going to do something bad. They're going to drink or whatever. Friday, they're going to go out for, with a friend that they haven't seen for a long time. And they're going to eat some bread or I don't know what. Then they're going to say, well, I already screwed up. I'm going to start again on Monday. That's the worst idea. That's the worst thing you can do to your brain. Mm. because you need to snap out of it immediately and go back to doing the regular stuff. Don't consider the weekend as something else. The weekend to me is just another day. I mm. just count seven days. I don't count the weekend. I just, Sunday, Saturday, it doesn't mean anything to me. I do the same thing. Now, that doesn't mean I go so strict that I can't have anything. No, I can have whatever I want. I just choose the day that I'm going to do it. I choose the day that I'm going to have a burger. I choose the day that I'm going to have ice cream. I choose the day that I'm creating a pizza. I'm going to have pizza on this day because it's my friend's birthday and we're going out. I'm going to have pizza. If you do it randomly, if you do random things, that's how you get in that groove. That's how you get in that stuck mud. You're stuck in this mud. If you do it randomly, you do that? Or if you pick always the weekend? Yes. If you do it randomly and then it starts becoming a regular thing because it's the weekend. So randomly, what I mean is just on a Tuesday night, you've been doing good every day. And then on a Tuesday night, you're like, you know, I kind of deserve it today. So I'm going to eat ice cream and then go to sleep. Mm -hmm. That's random. Right. That's a, that's a random thought. That's your brain telling you, hey, hey, how about, how about a line of cocaine? You know, right. Like, hey, okay. Uh, it's okay. going to feel good. Yeah. 
you know? So, but the weekend part is that the majority of society, we've created this thing on the weekend that's, that's the days that we're going to have fun. That's the days that we're going to go out and do things. And because of how the work schedule works in the United States, but it doesn't need to be like that. Saturday and Sunday, you should make it a regular day. I still want to do some sort of work on Saturday and Sunday. I still want to kind of work out. I still want to eat clean. I could eat something bad here and there one time, but not all day. So people, when they're not mentally there or mentally not mentally strong, all they, all they need is that feeling that the weekend is coming mm. and then they're binging all weekend. And, and you don't want to get into that groove. So how do you do it to where you allow yourself to, you know, have a cheat? Um, let's say, you, you know, you decide, okay, I'm not going to do it on the weekends, but you allow yourself to have the burger or the whatever. And it's, you know, not random and it's not your planned weekend. So it's sort of safer you, to have that. Cheat. This is what I, yes, this is what I do. I almost kind of like convince myself and trick myself that I'm going to, let's just say I, my regular day and my regular every day is living a lifestyle of eating clean and working out. So everything else that I do is extra. Okay. So just like breathing and eating and doing my regular day, part of it is meal planning, eating my meals, working out and staying focused. Now, if I want to do something that's not part of my everyday thing, I choose the day that I'm going to do it. So I'm going to say, all right, next month is my birthday. I'm going to eat cake and I'm going to eat pizza. Okay. I, I choose the day. Next week, my, my brother is coming into town and he's going to want to go out every day. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to choose one day. I'm going to go out with him. I'm going to have a beer and have something. You choose, you choose those days. Okay. So instead of it being like, it's been a long day, so I'm going to treat myself. Don't do that. No. Because that's what will kick you off the wagon. Don't say, oh, the weekend is just a free for all festival of whatever. Exactly. Say, okay, next week, Wednesday is going to be my cheat day. And maybe the next week or the next two weeks or whatever, uh, Friday because of this event. So you're telling, so the science around it is you're telling your brain, you're maintaining control of your actions instead of your actions, you know, getting control over you is what I'm hearing you say. 100%. Exactly. Um, it's just like when you run businesses, you have everything scheduled, right? I have a meeting at this time. I have to do this. I have to do this. I, I do the same thing with eating with eating and cheat and, a, and a doing, doing it the same thing with a cheat meal. I schedule it. I schedule it so I don't let my brain, because your brain is the most powerful muscle in your body. And most of us can't really control nothing from what we're doing. Right. We try, we tr- but it's very powerful. So I schedule it. I program my brain and schedule the day that I'm going to do whatever I need to do. Mm-hmm. And I do it only one time. I don't do it the whole day. People have cheat days. I have ah, cheat meals. Gotcha. Okay. That's the other thing too. Let's have pancakes in the morning. Yeah. Beer and sausage exactly. for lunch <laughs> and then uh, a pie yep, and ice yep. cream for dinner on the entire day. Okay. So you have it. No, so instead no, no. of looking thing yep. at, at your life, like the days you look at your life in moments which is healthier anyway. It's really, it's healthier to do that anyway. Yes. And I told you earlier in the interview that this is how I live my life. Honestly, I live it by the hour, by the moment. And that, that got created in my, my train of thought because the way I grew up, I couldn't depend on tomorrow. I'm just depending on what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next hour when it's going to happen tonight. So this is how I incorporate that, incorporated that train of thought with the way I live now. What Mm. happens now? Even if something, so that's why I, so that's why I get away from it right away. Even if something happens right now, I take it, I accept it. I see how I deal with it. And I, the next hour or the next minute I do something else. It, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't let it bother me because I, I just keep moving. I just keep moving forward. And that's what, that's the hardest thing to do with being fit and eating healthy, honestly, because people, all it takes is one thing to affect them. And then they drowned 
Right. And they drowned and they drowned and then they, they can't get out of it. They don't know how to get out of it. And then it's been hours and days and weeks and months now. That's why I always tell people and my clients, usually my clients, honestly, I don't tell them to have a cheat, cheat meal mm -hmm. because I don't, I don't give them rope. I don't give them permission to do any of that. <laughs> I know they're going to have a cheat meal. So, I, so because if I say have a cheat meal, they're going to have two cheat meals. If I say, if I don't say anything, they might have one cheat meal. So I just mm -hmm. don't say much, you know? So, but, but the cheat days that if you have a, if you're having a cheat day, which most people, that's what they start getting into, it, it just sets you back backwards and you're behind now on your uh, getting your mind there and getting mentally strong to stay on track. Uh, like I said, I, I pick the days and, you know, I do have things and I pick the days. And then what starts happening, honestly, is that once you get to that level of living this lifestyle and feeling good and whatever it is, you, you're looking better and everything, you're sleeping better mentally you're feeling better right. you're not gonna want to have all the other stuff it's gonna make you feel like crap you're not gonna want it you right. know you're gonna crave it once you have it you're gonna feel so bad about it like physically you're gonna feel bad about it because my yeah. stomach hurts now when i eat something so your body doesn't know any better it doesn't know if you're living in um, beverly hills or the desert or the forest it all it knows is what you're feeding it and how it's going to react to it it doesn't right. know so if you feed it clean and then you put something bad in there, it's going to say, wait a minute, what's going on? I don't want this. You know, you're going to stop feeling bad. It's going to react to it. So I honestly, that's like, that's my whole philosophy about it. That's how I live my life. And that's how I try to tell my clients how to do it. You know, it's funny. I've, I, I don't know if I've said this before or not, but I remembered, um, I started doing these, uh, they're not cleanses, they're pure, it's called a purification program by standard process. And it was really good for me to help with mm -hmm. an eating disorder for binge eating, because I got through a 21 day purification program, which taught me I, I can have control over food, that I did this freaking thing and it was great and it cleans out your system i'm not recommending it to anyone else just it, it's good for me and i've been doing those ever since and i used to think oh in the beginning i was like oh well i'm cleaning my body out so well and you eat you eat all organic and you eat only fruits and vegetables and you know all that stuff while you're doing these shakes and supplements and whatever and you aren't hungry for crappy stuff after you do that. And you also, I, you stop mm -hmm. having body odor by like day seven, you know, it's amazing what happens, yep. but I, I used to think, oh, well, okay, well now I can have a cheat day <laughs> and, or a cheat moment mm -hmm. and eat something yep. really crappy. And my body's so clean that it'll be able to handle it better and it won't you know, it won't be uh, a big deal. Oh, no, mm -hmm. no, no, no. That is not how it works. Yeah. If you eat clean like that and then you go yep. <laughs> and eat something crappy, you're like, God, this is awful. What happened? Like your body rejects yep. that stuff like immediately. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I go through the same thing. I, if I go on vacation, sometimes I'm really scared to eat bad. Because I'm just like, this is going to ruin my vacation. So even, even if I go to a resort or something and, I, you know, they have all you can eat food, I stick to protein. I might have something bad one day or maybe during the day or in the morning that I know I have access to my room because I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> if, uh, you know, I might just, I might just. I might just fall ill the whole, the rest of the day. My stomach might hurt. I'm screwed, you know, and I'm only here for four days. So I don't want to ruin it right. so that you start thinking that way, you know? So that's why like, I can't have a lot of stuff, but you know, people need to get to that point. And to get to that point is just to follow that track, follow this uh, state of mind that um, just, just take it one hour at a time. Don't worry about if you messed up, don't worry about that. Just take it one day, one hour at a time. That's all it is. Get back on the track. Don't fall off and stay off. Don't do that. Don't binge. Don't binge the whole weekend. Don't binge four days in a row and then start on Monday. Start on Monday is just convincing yourself that I, I'll be all right. I'm going to start on Monday. And the more you do that, the more, the, the more it's the same thing as you going into rehab and relapsing, going into yes. rehab and relapsing over and over. It's, it's the same concept. Mm, that's so true. That's so absolutely true. Because how many people just don't you say you're going to do it and then you add the added, 
I've let myself down again, shame spiral, and yes. then it's even harder to, to climb up that. Exactly. So tell, yeah. tell our, our listeners what you're going to be focused on and, and why would they listen to your show? From, I, think I've, I think I've said everything that I'm going to be focused on already, but um, <laughs> I'm really going really to be focused on mental toughness. I really believe in mental t- I think everything, all this has to do with mental toughness. It, this, is not, this has nothing to do with physical. It has nothing to do with your body. Your body's just the machine. You're operating it. And if we don't get the, the person that's in there operating correct, which is your mind and your brain, you train a thought, you're, you're, it's very difficult to get where you need to get. It's very difficult to operate it. So, and if, if your, your mind is not there, the person operating this machine, or think about it, someone operating a big machinery and he's drunk, right. it's not going to work out. He's going to, it's going to destroy everything around him. It's the same thing. So you need to, people need to get focused. People need to meditate. I believe people need to be part of a community that other people are suffering from the same thing. Uh, just like me, you know, I, like I said, I, people look at me, they're like, oh man, you're perfect. You know, I wish you had never been overweight. You never did this. You never, you always been fit. You, well, that's true. You know, I've never been overweight, but I've been working out hard all my life through depression, through feeling bad, through trauma. So everybody has something, everybody has something. And the more people realize that, and we can talk to each other about it the more we can all get to this final destination together. So I'd say for me, just as an example, as I get back into, which I have been recently into taking care of myself physically through exercise, I already do the eat clean part, but the the exercise piece, I would turn on your show and listen to any podcast that you do so that I'd have you and your motivation in my ear and I would probably do it even yes. when I really don't want to do it. And so I'll just, all I can do yes. is just turn on the show because at some point during listening to you for 10 minutes, five minutes, 15 minutes, I'm going to go, okay, that's just enough to motivate me to get off my ass. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. For sure. Uh, that's, that's the main focus is that the mental toughness that I care about. But of course, there's many other factors under that. But I just want people to be there mentally first. But I have so much information about food and what you should eat. Because even, mm-hmm. even people say to me, I'm eating clean. I'm eating clean. Nothing's happening. Then I say to them, okay, let me write down. What are you eating? Right. And then we find out they're not eating clean. They think they're eating clean. It could be a small adjustment, mm-hmm. but they don't know about it because they don't know about that. All they know is, all right, well, this says it's clean. This one says it's organic. Let me eat that. Well, what time are you eating that? How much are you eating from that? Was right. it packaged? All these things make a difference, you know? So right. it, I'm going to be talking about all that stuff and, you know, but I, I focus on mental toughness because that's, if you think about it as a pyramid, that's on the top of the pyramid. Everything mm. else trickles down. Food, every, exercise, sleep, water intake, all the other stuff. Okay. Well, I'm going to look at it just for myself. So what I'm going to do, everybody, because I struggle with this too, is I am going to just make it a point to subscribe to the show. It's the Paul David effect. It's on the network. You can find it on iTunes and Stitcher and all that. And that way, I just am listening to it every day for whatever it is that you're going to talk about. And then that will help me get into the mode of mental toughness so that I then go do something about that. Awesome. Okay, awesome. Well, where else uh, can they find out about you? They can find me on pretty much all the social media platforms on Facebook. I'm under Paul David Effect, Instagram, Paul David Effect, and also YouTube, Paul David Effect. And you have your website, Paul David Effect, also. Yes, website, pauldavideffect.com. Well, I'm excited about this. I'm happy that you're on the network and welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you very much. And listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mental Health News Radio. I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous, and they're just good people. 
and also mygenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, copenotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. But never without good intentions I heat up and act on my emotions Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial. Sometimes in you, I can fight. Good boy.